At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then, book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm Faraz. We're here with Zach as well. We're back doing some division previews. We talked NFC East earlier this week. Uh, make sure to check out that episode. But today we'll be going over the AFC East, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Patriots. We'll be previewing those teams for fantasy football. And guys, if you haven't already, please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Hit the plus sign or whatever you have to do on Apple Podcasts or Spotify in order to follow the podcast. So you have all of the new episodes ready for you on your podcast feed. Um, we're going to be doing two podcasts a week all the way up until the season, previewing everything you need to know to win your fantasy football leagues, win your best ball tournaments, make dynasty decisions. All that starts now. Okay, it's time to start preparing for the 2023 <laughs> fantasy football season. Um, want to go over a little bit of news. Uh, we have OTAs in full swing. These are voluntary workouts, by the way, but most teams – you know, only have a just you know just a handful of players missing, for the most part. Most of these players are in there. Um, but a few quick notes from various beat reporters around the NFL. We're not going to go too deep on these, just because uh, it's one or two days of OTA so far. It's still super early. You know, make sure you're taking all this with a grain of salt, right? Like one guy looks good in OTAs without helmets on. Like don't don't act like, you know, the dude is going to be like a fantasy wide receiver one. Uh, or Juwan Johnson, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, I'll talk about that. But, like, you know, yeah. just just, just kind of, like, take everything with a grain of salt, right? Um, so from New Orleans, Derek Carr and Juwan Johnson, they're showing some rapport. Uh, Foster Moreau, you know, he signed with them as well. Uh, he's a little involved, but it's possible that, you know, Juwan is the primary tight end uh, running routes for this team. Something to, something to take note of given, you know, there's Chris Olave, there's Michael Thomas, um, and then it's kind of wide open after that. You know, we're probably going to consider Kamara there too in the passing game. Um, 
but we do have a, a little bit of a history of Carr favoring his tight end, you know, when he has a good one. So, you know, there's some precedent there, right? Yeah. Um, the Titans, uh, you know, the, the Titans that are standing out right now, right, as guys who were involved from the jump, Chigo Quanquo, that's that's some that's a name that we wanted to hear, you know, be pretty involved. He thinks he's going to be pretty involved too. Traylon Burks, uh, pretty involved. Obviously, uh, rookie rookie running back Tajay Spears, uh, he's been very involved as well, looking good in the receiving game. And Ryan Tannehill, he's looking sharp. Uh, Will Levis, you know, a little bumpy, not so accurate, but is still uh, pretty early, obviously. Um, to Houston, uh, CJ Stroud. You know, should be coming in soon. But Davis Mills, he's running with the first team so far. That will likely change. Uh, apparently, you know, all Mills was doing was dumping the ball off <laughs> so far in OTAs. <laughs> we shouldn't be surprised about that. So, you know, hopefully we'll see C.J. Stroud up there pretty quickly. Uh, Calvin Ridley in Jacksonville looking like the real deal. Like, you know, they're just talking about him just looking different, moving different than all these other wide receivers. Um, and, you know, it is a pretty good chance that he's going to shape up as their wide receiver one. Yeah, he's actually one of my favorite targets, you know, in drafts. And he's actually still going pretty late, I think, for where he could finish. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in that receiver room. Obviously, Christian Kirk, he's one guy that, that you could think, okay, maybe he'll take some targets. And Evan Ingram's there too, but he's a tight end. I mean, I think Calvin Ridley's due for a huge season. You know, just like we had him before the whole suspension. He's been out of football for a little while, but I don't think this is going to be like a Michael Thomas thing where him being out of football takes him completely out of the game. Like, I, I think Calvin Ridley's due for a huge comeback. And with Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback, the way that he's been playing, I mean, he should be taking another step forward this season. So I, I'm excited. This is a playoff team, and he's going to be the wide receiver one. And He looks pretty sick in that zero, too. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really like I really like Calvin Ridley this season, um, especially at his price right now. Um, moving on, we got Jaden Reed. He's starting the slot for the Packers, uh, as a rookie. He did fumble on day one. He tried to fall in it. He got yelled at, uh, because they, <laughs> they don't want any of that during OTAs. <laughs> Just stay healthy, you know, stay clear. Uh, you know, but he's a rookie. He'll learn. He'll get better. He'll be all right. Uh, Devon A-Chain apparently going off in Miami so far. You're really looking like the real deal, especially, uh, in the receiving game. Uh, pretty, he's pretty involved early on. So it's good to hear that. Uh, for sure, uh, from an electric guy like that. Uh, Bryce Young, he's apparently been very impressive so far. He had more first-team reps than Andy Dalton. Obviously, you know, Andy Dalton, you know, there was always a chance that he would start if Bryce Young wasn't ready, but it's it's looking like, you know, Bryce Young, it's going to be his show, you know, from the get if he continues to do what he's doing right now. Right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he suffered a minor calf strain on Tuesday. He'll be all right. Um, Al Lazard, he also went down hard, but he finished practice as a full go. Um, let's see, moving over to Washington, Sam Howell, he's taking first team reps in Washington over, over Jacoby Brissett. We saw Brissett, uh, obviously filling for Deshaun Watson last year, uh, before Watson was ready, uh, you know, during his suspension. Uh, but Sam Howell looking like the potential Washington starter, uh, this year. We talked a little bit of the, about that in our NFC East preview, uh, right. on Tuesday. So to make sure to check out that episode. Uh, Trey Lance, you know, he is, in fact, throwing at OTAs. You know, he's taking first-team reps for now. Uh, apparently, until Sam Darnold can get more familiar with the playbook and the offense, Kyle Shanahan said that that could even out a little bit in terms of first-team reps First team reps between those two guys. Um, he also said that he is optimistic that Purdy will play, that Brock Purdy will play week one. Um, right. Whether he'll actually be ready, who knows. Uh, apparently, he's going to be doing some light throwing next week 
for the first time. Uh, but it's still like a long recovery to be able to throw at full strength. Yeah, that, that's one of the crazy situations, I think, for this offseason. It seems like that's been, it's been that way for the past two, three years with the 49ers quarterback situation. Like at first it was, is Jimmy Garoppolo still going to be the quarterback? Are they going to trade him? And then he stays and then they draft Trey Lance. And now it's like, is it Trey Lance or is it Jimmy Garoppolo? And now it's Trey Lance. Is it Brock Purdy, the Mr. Irrelevant guy? You know, and then now I don't think, I don't see a world where Darnold is starting over either of them. Do you? Like, I I think that's just smoke. I, I don't know. If they just want to like give him a shot, I feel like he's had plenty of chances and his ceiling isn't anywhere near where Trey Lance could be. I wouldn't say that Brock Purdy has a Trey Lance has a Trey Lance type ceiling either, but Brock Purdy, you know, he's going to be a solid starter, but even he is a tremendous upgrade for, in my opinion, over Sam Darnold. I'm surprised that he's sticking around as somebody that they might have, but I guess if you got it, why not use it? Right. Oh, they're, they're definitely going to, he's going to be active for every game. Like he's definitely, yeah. he's going to stick around for sure. I mean, I, they I added that the rule, intrigue. right? They made that rule oh, change that you can carry a third quarterback. Is I think that's what they said because of that yeah. game in the NFC Championship. You can, you can carry a third quarterback without it counting towards the uh, roster limit for a game, which right. is interesting to me. Um, it's like if you want to just dress three quarterbacks, just dress three quarterbacks, and I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like that restriction was just fine. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, I I think they just don't know what they have in Trey Lance right now and 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 I think there's a possibility that Sam Darnold starts now also there's some intrigue because Sam Darnold he showed he's shown signs here and there but he he pretty much sucks like we can kind of say that however with Kyle <laughs> Trenahan things can change you know yeah. and you know he can get more out of a quarterback than you know a lot of other coaches can yeah okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. To the AFC East. Let's start with the Bills. Obviously, Josh Allen, one of the top fantasy quarterbacks every week, high in fantasy QB1. Uh, There's an argument for him to be top two fantasy quarterback. I have him as a top four fantasy quarterback. And by the way, my full redraft and dynasty rankings are up on patreon.com slash upperhand fantasy. Just real quick, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Lamar. Rank those four for me this season. I'm going to put put Jalen Hurts at one. And I know... I want to put Patrick Mahomes at one, but I, I think Jalen Hurts is number one because of his rushing ability. He's going to be running so much more than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, he can throw. Obviously, he is wide receiver proof, you know, matchup proof. He's the ideal fantasy quarterback. Rely on him week to week. But Jalen Hurts has higher upside each week just because he runs. We saw him go crazy in games because he'd have three rushing touchdowns in a game, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was 
I forget who it was against exactly, but he threw for almost like a hundred some yards. He didn't throw for many yards at all. He ran the ball. They were dominating that game and he scored a ton of points. So Jalen Hurts is number one, then Patrick Mahomes at number two. And I think I'm going to put Lamar at, oh, by three. the way, by the way, I think I remember what game that was where he rushed for three, three touchdowns. Which one was that? Super, Super Bowl. Oh, not even that. This was a regular season game. Oh, was it? I, yeah, this was a regular season. That, that just does it. So there you go. He had multiple games where he was rushing for tons of touchdowns. He had ridiculous number of touchdowns on the ground. And that's just a cheat code for fantasy. So I'm going to do, like I said, Jalen Hurts won. Patrick Mahomes, too. He was great in the Super Bowl. Um, it, was against the, it was against the Bears in December. Right. That's what it was. It was and yeah. then third, I'm going to put Lamar. I know you're excited about Lamar, especially with the new offensive coordinator. I like Lamar there at three. And it's funny to say that Josh Allen is at four, but I don't want to buy too much into what Josh Allen said. But I remember that one press conference where he said that he might have to start dialing it back with the run a little bit more. You know, he's in a good offense. Obviously, he's Josh Allen. He's going to be doing Josh Allen things. But if I look at the upside of the guys ahead of him, I mean, that's what I'm projecting for the top three guys. Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson, obviously, there's a little projection there. We're expecting him to stay healthy and reach that potential. But his weapons have gotten so much better than he's had in his career, you know, just this offseason. So I think it's going to be a huge year, like you said, especially with a little bit more throwing. They're finally getting away from the run, run, run mentality. So I think that Lamar at three makes sense over Josh Allen. But there's nothing wrong with Josh Allen. It's just because the guys ahead of him are that good that he's sitting down here at four. He's liable to be the QB1 overall any week. You know, and that's the same way it is with all these guys. But that's how I would have them ranked right now if I was forced to pick um, for 2023. Love it. Stefan Diggs, obviously, you know, another high-end wide receiver, 108 catches for 1,400 yards and a career-high 11 touchdowns last season. Uh, top five fantasy wide receiver for me going into this season. Uh, I think yep. both of us – sorry. I think both of yeah. us uh, would be – I have a little I have a little sore throat today, so <laughs> – Sorry, guys. <laughs> You're going to hear a bunch of pauses, mutes, and coughs um, and clearing my throats. So I just, I, I instead of me like clearing your throat, clearing my throat, and you guys like, like, ah, what is that? <laughs> just, what is that sound? just do it obnoxiously into the mic. Yeah. Just, yeah, no, we can't do that. Uh, uh, yeah, that would be uh, <laughs> um, But what was I saying? So, yeah, I, I think I think both of us would be fine and perfectly happy grabbing him in the first round of the season. Um but let's go past him. The Bills didn't really upgrade their wide receiver core. They still have Gabe Davis. Um, you know, he'll still be the wide receiver starting opposite Diggs. It looks like Khalil Shakir will likely be their slot wide receiver going into the season, though. Apparently, he'll be competing with Deontay Hardy. And, you know, he signed from the Saints. And Hardy actually got a decent contract, believe it or not, from the Bills in free agency, $5 million a year. So he's making way more than Shakir, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so there's actually a chance here for Hardy to win that job. Um, you know, it's hard to bet on either of these slot wide receivers right now. Um, you know, and then you add the potential factor, obviously, of their first round tight end that they yeah. just drafted in Dalton Kincaid and how much he ends up playing in year one out of the slot, you know, and and we went over the fact that, you know, rookie tight ends usually don't make a huge splash, you know, last in the last episode. Uh, and mm -hmm. maybe this is one of those cases where they do. Uh, and the market definitely believes that to be the case because Kincaid is being drafted as the tight end 11 in the 10th round on underdog. Um, and th at that price, Zach, like, are you in on Kincaid? No. No, I listed him on the post that we put out as a target. But at that price, absolutely not. A rookie tight end, tight end 11. I mean, I get it. You want to shoot for the upside. It's just such a barren wasteland at tight end. There's hardly anybody that you're really excited to take. So I, I get 
swinging for the fence with Dalton Kincaid, with Josh Allen as quarterback. Makes sense. He was a first-round pick. I think it's all there, and that's I wouldn't have him as a target if I didn't believe that he could do really well. Um, this guy's, you know, head and shoulders, probably the best pass catcher, run after catch, kind of tight end. Maybe up there with Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta might be up there with him in the draft class. So I think he landed in a good spot. You know, he only has Stefan Diggs, really, in my mind, to compete with. I was a Gabe Davis guy last season. He's not really going to be doing a whole lot for him this season. I'm not projecting him to be taking over any game like he did the past two seasons of that game in the divisional round um, against the Chiefs. So I, I think you look at Dalton Kincaid. He has a chance to step up and be the second-best wide receiver. Receiver, not wide receiver, but second-best receiver on this offense. You can shoot for that, but at tight end 11 price, that, that's just a little bit too rich for me, you know, because there are other guys, like you said. I like Khalil Shakir. I think that he can do some things from the slot. Um, I didn't know Deontay Hardy got that big a contract. I don't think he's going to live up to it. That's just me. But um, if they're going to be both taking targets, you know, I would maybe dial back a little bit on, on Khalil Shakir. But I think that Stefan Diggs and Dalton Kincaid are going to be the two guys getting the targets from Josh Allen um, primarily. And at that price, like I said, I would hesitate. But if you could get him later than that, I would definitely be targeting Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I hear that, man. I mean, here we go again. Uh, so, yeah, so, so tight end 11, 10th round on underdog. Uh, here are some players going around Dalton Kincaid right now, uh, plus or minus 10 picks or so. Daniel Jones, Samaji Pirine, Pat Fryermuth, uh, Devon A-Chain, Alan Lazard, Aaron Rodgers, Geno Smith, Rashad Penny, Antonio Gibson, Khalil Herbert, Jared Goff, Jared McKinnon. Okay, so, you know, I, listen, there's a lot of those guys that I would rather pick than Dalton yeah. Kincaid at that spot, okay? And I totally understand that the Bills need Kincaid, Kincaid to be that dude because they really don't have anyone dependable behind Stefan Diggs. But when players produce, it's because they're ready to produce, right? The, the opportunity yeah. meets ability at the same time. And I love Kincaid as a prospect, but am I going to bet that Kincaid is going to have the upside of being a difference maker at the position in year one? No. Probably not. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's it's a tough yeah. bet to make for me. Um, you know, we're also assuming that Dawson Knox completely goes away, right? And I think yeah. he eventually will. But, you know, he's like a solid tight end that has been in this offense, is now a veteran. Um, you know, he's going to be involved as well. He knows the offense. He has a huge contract, right? And in Kincaid's year one, like, I can't imagine that he's running a, the required route participation that we want from a fight from a high end fantasy tight end one, right? Like right. You, need, you need to be running like 70 to 75% um, route participation with knocks around, you know? So at that price, like, yeah. and it's going to go up by the way, like the hype train hasn't even begun yet. Like wait until there's a video of Kincaid making like a nice grab in OTAs or training camp. It, it's going to yeah. get wild. And, and I think, you know, this is the price with the least amount of hype possible. So I think it's going to go up. So I, I, I think I'm out for 2023. Um, I mean, you mentioned way, that. Yeah, Sorry, you look at Dalton Kincaid. He's tight on 11. He's behind guys like Pat Fryermuth, Dave Njoku. Yeah. I, I could see him jumping ahead of Dave Njoku, who's at tight end nine right now, really easily. You know, I don't think anybody's mm -hmm. on a Dave Njoku hype train because they have a lot of receivers now in Cleveland. I see that. And, like, I'm looking at, like we mentioned, Pat Fryermuth. Like, give me Pat Fryermuth over Kincaid at the same price. Like, if you're drafting Kincaid, to be like a solid tight end one like why not just draft firemuth who's going to be in that a solid tight end one like regardless yeah. like he's going into his third year 
you know, when tight ends typically start to break out. Uh, he already caught 60 passes each of his last two years, his first two years. He went from eight yards per reception to 11.6 yards per reception, which was top eight uh, among qualifying tight ends. He was top seven in yards per route run, right behind all the big names that we know about. Um, he was PFF's sixth highest rated tight end last year. Uh, we have a proven commodity who's going to be a solid tight end one next year. We know that. So I'd rather have that over a rookie tight end. You know, one that is a good prospect, but not someone who's like Kyle Pitts level talent. Yeah, no, I I hear you on that one. So, yeah, the price is where not where I would want it to be. Yeah. I do when I put this post together, I think he was a little bit lower, but now right. he's up pretty high. I might be off Dalton Kincaid at that price too, because I also look down the board too, not just up the board, but down the board. Chica Conquo is there too. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's tight end thirteen. I kind of like him. He might be just pigeonholed into some volume just because that offense has nobody. And he was actually, you know, flashing a little bit last season. So I kind of like him there too two spots after Dalton Kincaid. So there are a bunch of different ways you can go, you can go at tight end. I do like Dalton Kincaid, but, you know, now, now you mentioned the this, price. Like, I, I think can Kincaid, can, can Kincaid finish as like a tight end one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can he can he be the tight end 11? Like you draft him as a tight end 11. Can he be the tight end 11? Sure. But yeah. that means that he wasn't a difference maker at the position. And that's what you're looking right. for. Right? Chances are... Um, Tight end 11 is going to be like in the ballpark of 160 PPR points, which is, is that a little under 10 points a game, maybe? It's not even that high. I don't even yeah. think it's that high. <laughs> to be because, I mean, that that's historically what it's been to be in that range. Because it's been Travis Kelsey I, up at like 300, and now it's yeah. like, then it drops humongously, and it's like the 220 gets you like your tight end two to five, six. And then after yeah. that, it's just the high hundreds. So. Right. Yeah, you're not going to be getting a whole lot enough. if he's tight end 11. Yeah. Real quick, so so you mentioned Gabe Davis, fourth-round pick last year in fantasy drafts, bust. Being yeah. drafted on underdog right now as a wide receiver, 40 this year, seventh round. Are you in or out? On Gabe Davis? I'm not really. I look at the guys going around him, and I think that's a big thing for me. Like I'm not big on Gabe Davis right now. He is – well, he is what we expected him to be. He's boom or bust. And he had boom games, but he had a ton of bust games. And that just, you can't have that in your fantasy lineup every week. I mean, if you're starting him as a flex, that's one thing. But he was drafted as a wide receiver, too, in most cases. You know, that's where people projected to slot him into their lineup each week. And he, he just completely failed. So I look at like Brandon Cooks, Jahan Dotson going immediately after him back to back. Right. I think that they're much better investments at that point. No brainers. Yeah. No brainers. I, I don't like, think that's yeah. even close. I don't think it's close either. Um, let's go to the Bills' backfield. We got James Cook. We got Devin Singletary out. Damian Harris in. Latavius Murray in. Uh, Naheem Hines restructured his contract to be able to stay. And like to me, I'm looking at the signings of Damian Harris and Latavius Murray, and that that to me is like a little bit of a sign that the Bills want you know bigger backs to be able to handle more of the grunt work, right? The goal yeah. line, short yardage, uh, being able to establish a little bit of a run game. Um, I, I think Harris is going to be the primary runner in this offense as long as he can stay healthy, right? He hasn't shown the ability to do that. So, yeah. you know, I think when it comes to James Cook uh, and Latavius Murray, I, I think it will be really tough to ask Cook to come off the field for Murray that much. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but Cook, you got you to remember that he's a, he's a 199-pound running back, right? He's not going to be getting this huge workload by any means. So, there will be another running back sharing the load with Cook, regardless of what happens to Harris, right? Whether he stays healthy or not. Um, right. 
if Harris does end up getting hurt, I think Cook's opportunity is going to go up enough to the point where, like, we're talking potential, you know, maybe high in RB2, right, if they mm-hmm. use him right in the receiving game. Um, like, we knew that Cook was a very good receiver coming out, right, into the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, 1.22 yards per route run last year, very solid. You know, he only ran 148 routes last year. I think that goes up by a, a good amount this year. Um, with a little bit of a caveat, and we'll get to that in a second. But he ran out of the slot at a 10% rate. That was top 12 among qualifying running backs last year. He ran out wide at a 12% rate, which was top four, top 10 in yards per reception. Now, who's a better pass catcher, him or Naheem Hines? Yeah. I think that's a, legit, that's a really legitimate question. You know, Because Hines has proved that he's one of the best pass catcher running backs in the NFL over the last several seasons. Uh, mm-hmm. He's very efficient. Um, so if there's a possibility that there's some sort of share in that pass catching role, right? And on top of that, like no goal line carries for Cook. He's being drafted as an RB30 right now uh, in the eighth round on underdog. I think that price is okay. No. Um, but I, I don't think he's like a huge target of mine at that spot. Like you're not going to catch me taking Cook over Kamara. Like Kamara's going around there, dude, which is insane right now. He's uh, going right after him. Gonna... Yeah. I think that price is going to go up for Kamara, like once people realize that he might, uh, you know, if he doesn't get suspended or whatever. But, you know, I'm not taking him over Michael Thomas. David Montgomery is being taken eight picks before him. So there's no question there, like at all, mm. that I'm taking David Montgomery. Um, so I, I understand the intrigue, you know, and the upside because of the offense. But again, like, I think, I think I'm out on him right now. But I, I know this might sound crazy, but Damian Harris at the end of the 10th round, like the goal line back on a good offense, like, I don't know. I think I'd rather have that. Like, I just a shot at him staying healthy. Like, I don't think they're going to force Josh Allen to take those hits at the goal line as long as no. Harris is is healthy. Right. And I, I'm with you on that one. I mean, James Cook, I think there's too many. They brought in Damian Harris to take the early down work. They have Naeem Hines to catch the passes, you know. James Cook can do both of those, but he's not better than either of them, I think, at either of those things. So, James Cook, he's good. And like you said, he's light. He's not going to be shouldering a full load. I look at James Cook like, is he going to have the type of opportunity? Is it going to be a DeAndre Swift situation where, yeah, we know he can maybe catch passes, you know, but is he going to see the workload? That's what we ha- that's what happened last season. He had two running backs. He had um, Jamal Williams, who was a goal line back. And, you know, let's just compare these situations last season. Jamal Williams, Damian Harris, they're on the same vein as far as their role in the offense. So say Damian Harris is getting the goal line carries and the early down carries, you know, there goes that work for James Cook. And then Naeem Hines is coming in and mixing in. That's what it was a Craig Reynolds coming in last season for the Lions. That would be um, Naeem Hines coming in. And that's not even factoring in Latavius Murray, who might still get touches as well. So for me, that's not even close to anywhere near a secure workload. I'm not trusting James Cook in my flex, I don't think, at this point. I think he's just speculative in case something happens. He'd be someone I'll be putting on my bench happily. But at RB30, like you said, with the prices of the guys going around him, like, Alvin Kamara sitting right there. I'd rather have him on the bench and have him come off the bench and play for my team than James Cook any given week, assuming that Alvin Kamara, you know, doesn't get suspended. But that's a really sticky situation, too. And we can't really speculate and project anything about that till we find out more what's going to happen. But yeah, James Cook, I feel like not only is he overvalued, but you laid it out pretty perfectly that the workload might not necessarily be there either. That's my concern. And, you know, he's going to have to be efficient on whatever he does end up getting. Um, right. I we'll, think you we'll can see. do that, but I think so too. I think so too, and that's why there's some intrigue there. You know, I, yeah. I I agree with the people who want James Cook. I totally get it. Like he 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 was he showed a lot of flashes last year, man, and like 
He was one of the mo- he's actually one of the most efficient runners too. He was also yeah. one of the best best at breaking uh, breaking away long runs too. So, you know, something to pay attention to for sure. All right, it's Jets time. The New York Jets, the big one. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. Uh, he's back with his old offensive coordinator. He knows the offense. Um, here he has a couple of wide receivers he's familiar with, most notably Alan Lazard. Um, but he has his new Devonte Adams in Gary Wilson. Uh, mm-hmm. Wilson already has a leg up on Devonte in terms of how they started their careers, but you know Devonte, you know he ended up being one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game. Um, yeah. But, you know, you have a young budding superstar here, uh, you know, in the making to take his career to the next level with Aaron Rodgers helping him get there. Uh, you know, Garrett Wilson, like right now, he's a second round pick on underdog. He's being drafted as the wide receiver nine off the board. Um, I have him ranked similarly. However, you know, he's being drafted ahead of Amon Ross St. Brown. I think I have to switch those two around. Full redraft and dynasty rankings are up on patreon.com slash upperhand fantasy, by the way. Uh, but I'm good with the price of the second round. I really am. Like, I think he's going to be a wide receiver one this year. Uh, he's yeah. average wide receiver one fantasy points last year with quarterbacks not named Zach Wilson. Um, he had the seventh most receiving yards among rookie wide receivers since the year 2000. Okay, 23 years. Um, even with the shitty situation he was in last year, he was able to do his thing. And you look at Matt Harmon's reception perception uh, profile on his rookie season. He's already hit some insane levels when you look at the rookie wide receivers who has hit like this specific threshold of success against press coverage. CeeDee Lamb, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and OBJ. I mean, right. That's good are, company. Are, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as, uh, those are some good names right there. So he was also PFF's 10th highest graded wide receiver last year overall, not just among rookies. So he's ready. I really think yeah. he's ready. Does he feel like the safest bet at this point? You know, at, at wide receiver? I, I don't know. This is Justin Jefferson, obviously, those top guys. But once you get out of that range, like Garrett Wilson, we know this breakout's coming, right? Like, are we overhyped? Do you think it's possible for this to be overhyped? Yes. Like, I think really? so. I think I it's mean, possible for him to be overhyped. I do. I do. I do. But it would have because, to be some serious overhyping. You know, yeah, I, I think I, Aaron Rodgers is very good. But I, Right. And I think, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is good, and I think that you know, obviously, we saw what Christian Watson did last year. We saw what Rodgers was able to 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 do with Devonte Adams two years ago, and obviously throughout his career. So you know, we'll see. You know, hopefully, Aaron Rodgers is that same dude, right? Like we have to understand that he is getting older, but there's going to be a drop off at some point for Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. Oh, hopefully, it's not right now. That would really suck for the Jets and myself. Uh, but uh, and, and so yeah, it's it's really a projection there. However. I think ranking Gary Wilson as a low-end wide receiver one, I agree. I think it's relatively safe. I think there's not that many chances that that he busts. So um, he had an amazing rookie year, and with a new quarterback, I'm all in. Yeah, and he's Aaron Rodgers. Like, this is the thing for me. It's that Aaron Rodgers is so far, not only head and shoulders, just like entire human body above Zach Wilson. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Zach Wilson was garbage, and Mike By White way, was all right. By the way, uh, Aaron, so you know how Aaron Rodgers got banged up with his, you know, he got that calf right. injury, whatever. Yep. Apparently, Zach Wilson looked lights out <laughs> in OTAs while with Aaron Rodgers out. Apparently, really? he was like a different guy. Yeah, yeah. But you know, only, only it was only you know one or two days of OTAs. So that's, that's the not, kind of OTA. That's not, crap that's not crazy. But hey, that's why we hey, say, listen, yeah, go ahead. Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> yes. Well, listen, that's I'll say why this. We say. I think that 
this is literally the Aaron Rodgers signing is literally the best case scenario for Zach Wilson. Like there's nothing else that could have happened that would have been better for him because his career was going to the toilet. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Jets are giving him another chance at being the backup, sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. And then when Aaron Rodgers ends up leaving, what happens, right? Does Zach Wilson yeah. end up being all right? But anyway, I digress. Another Jets uh, comeback story at quarterback? You know what I'm saying? Geno Smith <laughs> and now Zach Wilson? I don't Hopefully know. Well, the Jets, though. Hope, yeah, if that yeah. happens, I hope it's for the Jets. For me, not, with Zach Wilson, this does kind of constitute like a reset for him. You know what I mean? Like he probably would have been better off sitting behind a veteran his first season, but he got thrown into the fire. Um, and we see that happen all the time. So I think that if he does get this right, like he might be able to go somewhere else. Like, especially if a team needs a bridge quarterback, like he could probably get there and maybe do some things. I'm not sure. I don't want to project too much on Zach Wilson because right it's going to be Aaron Rodgers' show, regardless. If it, 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 that's how it's going to be, but Zach Wilson is interesting. That's just another yeah. storyline, nothing to do with fantasy. But I hear. <laughs> I, I also think um, Alan Lazard is a little bit of a value. He's being drafted as the wide receiver fifty-two on underdog in the tenth round. And by the way, if you're not drafting on underdog at this time of the year of the offseason, like what are you doing? Yeah, all right. Best ball drafts <laughs> are the best thing to happen to fantasy football because you can enjoy like one of the best things that we love to do, and that's drafting. Right. Like no in-season yeah. management for best ball, no waivers like you draft like 18 to 20 rounds. OK, you have a starting lineup, but you never have to set it. Your lineup gets set automatically every single week based on who goes off. So if you have Devonte Adams, that you drafted in the first round, he shits the bed one week. But you had Jalen Hyatt on your bench randomly go off. And guess what? Hyatt ends up being in your lineup that week and not Adams. Mm-hmm. Adams goes on your bench automatically and you get Hyatt's points counting towards your score. So you can draft as many teams as you want. You can play for big money in big tournaments. You can play in private drafts with your friends for money. Um, I also have a bunch of private drafts with you guys, you know, if you're keeping up with them on my Instagram stories. Uh, but you should definitely check that out. Keep up with that because, you know, we can play together and I'll kick your ass. Um, and Underdog <laughs> is given a 100% match on your first deposit. So they will double your first deposit up to $100 uh, as long as you use the code UPPERHAND when you sign up. And or if you use the link in the description of this episode um, and then during the season, you can do those pickums that we love. Um, it, well, you can really do pickums now if you're into other sports like NBA or MLB or whatever. They have it all. So, so go check out Underdog. Yeah, yeah. check it out. Um, <laughs> back, to, back to Lazard real quick. Being drafted as a wide receiver 52 in the 10th round last year, he was the wide receiver 33 in fantasy points per game. Uh, I'm not saying the dude is an every week starter, but he can turn out to be one. Uh, listen, I I also don't think he's a great receiver, to be honest with you. Um, right. You know, I was kind of upset that the Jets signed him to that deal. He's a versatile guy. Uh, you know, he can play in the slot, and that's the hope. You know, I'd assume it's mostly Garrett and Corey Davis on the outside. If Garrett mm-hmm. Wilson is commanding all this attention, I think there's room for other wide receivers to contribute, right? Um, and, you know, they all had to deal with the Jets' qu- shitty quarterback issues last year. Um, I really yeah. hope the starters in the slot, but it brings up Corey Davis. Like, I, I, I won't be mad at all if I miss out on Lazard. You know, whatever, who cares? Because there's a lot of other good picks around that mm-hmm. spot. But Corey Davis, as a waiver wire pickup after your draft or in the la- late in the last round of best ball drafts, like the wide receiver ninety five right now with an eighteenth round ADP, sneaky flex play because they're getting Aaron Rodgers here, right? And right, you know, someone who might be surprisingly rostered in 12 team leagues most of the year because of the fact that Aaron Rodgers is there maybe making 
another wide receiver relevant outside of Garrett Wilson. And it might be Corey Davis, who I think is probably a better wide receiver than Alan Lazard. Lazard has the chemistry with Rodgers. But um, but you never know. There could be another receiver that we're not really thinking of, and it could be Corey Davis. Yeah, that's the only reason we're giving Alan Lazard any, you know, heed. You know, I think it's because of Aaron Rodgers. We Aaron Rodgers has always been a fan of Alan Lazard. This is the way it goes. That's the whole reason they paid him all that money, I think. That wasn't a move that the Jets made. They weren't paying Alan Lazard all that money because he's the receiver, like he's this big-name receiver. They were paying him all that money to make sure they got him so that Aaron Rodgers would come over. That kind of thing. That, that's my speculation on that. Yeah. But you talk about Corey I Davis. Totally agree. Right, go ahead. I, I hear I totally you agree. on that 100% with Corey Davis. I mean, he had a couple like pop up games last season, even, you yeah. know, just with the quarterback situation the way it was. So I think you can absolutely trust that. He was actually a really solid receiver when he was in Tennessee, too. Um, he just never, he had to deal with Ryan Tannehill for most of the time. So that's just how that works. But Corey Davis, I've always liked Corey Davis. I think he's a good receiver. Um, I think he, like you said, is better than Alan Lazard. So I think that he'd be a really solid pickup at the end of a draft. Um, I'm not like, prioritizing him like i wouldn't now go out of your way and draft He's him an way early but like you mentioned he is an option so i think that he has a chance to produce just as well as alan lazard for half the price i think that's a fair assessment because i don't think either i don't think we're gonna have weeks where both alan lazard and Corey davis are going off at the same time because garrett right. wilson's there he's gonna be taking tons of targets He's going to be way over the 100 target, 100 reception, I think, threshold Garrett Wilson is this season. Now, talk to me about Aaron Rodgers as a fantasy asset this season. Um, You know, over the past few seasons, he's been like low-end QB1, high-end QB2. Do you see that changing at all going to the Jets? I think he has a much better chance to stick more closer to the low-end QB1 range than the high-end QB2 range just because this is – an obvious upgrade, I think, you know, in supporting cast. He's my target for that post that we put out um, on the Jets, Aaron Rodgers. I think that he's in a perfect situation to get back to his ways where he's thrown like 40 touchdowns and just like single-digit interceptions. He can be extremely efficient in this offense the way that it's built. I, I love Aaron Rodgers. I, like I said, he falls into that category for me with like the Dak Prescotts and um, the Jared Goffs, like the guys that they're, they're pocket quarterbacks, but they're on great offenses. They're going to have plenty of weapons. They're going to be safe bets at the position. That's where I view Aaron Rodgers. He's not a high upside guy. He's obviously not going to be running a whole lot, but I think that you look at Aaron Rodgers, the receivers that he has, Garrett Wilson's like, he's, is he the, he's the, is he the first, first round receiver that he's throwing to? Like, you, I feel you like what? That's so funny. You're probably right about that. I feel um, like there's too many receivers that he's thrown to. I think he's thrown the first round tight ends, but not receivers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We talked about that touchdown thing, right? Like, I think it was, he never threw a touchdown to like a first round wide receiver before. Well, yeah. Well, that's about to change. You know what I'm saying? Many about, times. About to change. So he's going to make up for all that time that he lost with Garrett Wilson. But yeah, I love Aaron over Martin under over season. under 12 touchdowns for Garrett Wilson this year. I think that's probably where I'd put him. <laughs> right on that. Well, that I think well, it's going to be a push. It's if it's over under, yeah, if that's the line, that's right where I put him. So I, if I had to pick one, okay, okay. How about this? Uh, eleven and a half. Over. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Eleven and a half. That that do. I don't think he goes under eight touchdowns, but I don't think he tops fifteen. I think that would be a little over generous with you know what we're projecting right. here. That would be getting caught up in the hype. Yeah, but I think, I think he's definitely going to fall. Line. What'd you say? 
I think 11 and a half is a solid line. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm sure it's set somewhere. We could find it, but that's probably right where they have it. Now, let's move on to the backfield real quick. Brees Hall, he's that dude, but I, I've already talked about this at length. I, I don't think I can target him this year after the ACL right. injury. I love him for 2024, but for 2023, I'm out. He's being drafted in the third round on underdog, and it's going to be in the second in like 12-team home leagues. Okay, an underdog, the, the running backs are suppressed a little bit. Wide receivers being taken a little bit higher. But in the second round, 12-team leagues, I can't do it, dude. There's no. only only Jamal Charles and Adrian Peterson, you know, went off at, the year after a torn ACL. And you're going to have to make sure that Brees Hall goes off at that price that you're paying for him, right? right. So it's not like you're getting this discount on him at all. Um, and if you were, I'm cool with it. Like, if he was going the third, fourth round, like, yeah, like I'm okay with that. Like I would actually pick him. Like I would prefer I would actually target him. But remember, Brisaw was a third, fourth round pick last year. And now yeah. after torn ACL, he's a second round pick. He should have been a second round pick last year. And like we were banging mm-hmm. the table to draft Brees Hall. It was the right decision. He ended up getting hurt. Right? But yeah, you know, he's going off That's the back really for me. Yeah. It, it's not like uh, I, and it's not like if I don't pick Brees Hall, it's not like I'm missing out. I'm still drafting another awesome player at that spot, right? There are other yeah. wide receivers who I'll be able to take at his price, and I'll be just fine, just way safer and almost an equal amount of upside. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that one 100. Now, is there a chance Brees Hall could defy all the odds, you know, stats yes. and and you know all that stuff? Yes, there is. Um, but I'm just looking at it as he's that was his rookie season. He only has was it six games under his belt in the NFL. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that he's probably not going to beat those odds, or at least not to the extent that's going to warrant a second round pick, like you said. So, yeah, I think you look at it and you really framed it well when you said that, you know, you look at it, he was being drafted in the third, fourth round last season. He tears his ACL and suddenly he gets a bump in ADP. Like that's, that doesn't make sense. And I think that really puts into perspective what you're, the risk that you're getting into by taking him that early. And I, th- I think that's 100% true. It's not like there's going to be any shortage of talent at the top there's so many other players that you can pick from um and guys that are probably floating down a little too low still even anyway so i think that you're on the money with that one i I hate to just be like an echo chamber but like this all makes complete perfect sense and i didn't list him as a target or an avoid or anything like that just because i'm not sure but i'm with you. yeah it's it's tough i mean you know i don't know i i think i think Brees hall has the the youth on his side he has the elite athleticism on his side um, to be an outlier, yeah. So, so did Saquon, you know. Now, and and I'm not a PT, I'm not a doctor, but you know, when Saquon, speaking. like a lot of people was talking about Saquon's, you know, injury, like you know he, uh, you know he ended up, you know, it was a freak injury, and I kind of agree with that. But I don't know, was there any sort of mechanism that affected his body to the point where, like, you know, that injury? wouldn't have happened you know if he ended up you know being just fine the year before without the acl injury there's still a long recovery he did come back early who knows right there's a lot of yeah. a lot of unknowns there so i, I hate to say it because i love Brees Hall, but too expensive Moving- this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To the Dolphins. Like I said earlier, the word is that Devon Achen is doing his thing in OTAs. Raheem Mostert, 31 years old. Jeff Wilson is just a guy. But A-Chain is electric, man. He's not a big guy. So, you know, as a matter of fact, he's a small guy. So don't expect mm-hmm. 20 touches or anything like that at any point of his career. But 15 touches or so, you know, can be a little sweet spot, especially in this scheme. Um, if anyone's going to bring out the best in A-Chain, I think it's Mike McDaniel. Um, I think, you know, this is definitely a timeshare for sure. But A-Chain is the RB36 right now on underdog in the 10th round involved in the receiving game. It seems like that's where he's showing up at the moment. Um, you know, in full PPR, I'm open to this price for sure. Like, you just got to set the right expectations, right? He's not the yeah. goal line guy. You'll have to depend on efficiency. But he can be that guy for sure. Now, if Devon A-Chain and James Cook are the same price, who are you taking? I don't <laughs> like either of them. You know, so <laughs> me, I'd look somewhere else. That, that's what I right. think. And I, I get the hype around Devon Achan. You know, he fits the track team, you know, type of mentality. That draft pick makes tons of sense for the Dolphins. But I, I have Devon, Devon Achan. I'm not sure if it's Devin, Devon. Devon Achan, I, I have Devon. him as like an avoid for me just because I feel like his size is going to be working against him. He's not going to get the workload that I want from a running back. Obviously, you're drafting him real late. But I look at other guys around him. Like, would you draft Samaje Ryan over Devon Achan? Yes. Because he's going a spot ahead of him. And Rashad Penny's going a spot behind him, you know, so in terms of the RB. So I look at them. I mean, yeah. if I'm looking for, like, my RB2, I get the upside. I get the appeal with Devon Achain. But this is a rookie running back, A, in a pretty relatively crowded backfield. And he's very undersized. I don't know the type of workload he's going to get. And you have Tua throwing to guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, like tons of other weapons in the offense. I yeah. get it. He can be electric. I don't think the workload is going to be there. He's not going to have enough pop games that's really going to warrant me doing that. Um, taking him there. I, I think I look at Rashad Penny. I think he can be an early down guy for the Eagles. I'd be happy with him getting eight or nine touchdowns for the Eagles at the goal line. Yeah. And then the same thing with Samaj P. Ryan. I think he's just like Devon A. Chain with more security. Uh, we look at the mm-hmm. way that Sean Payton has run things. You've mentioned that a couple of times, how he likes to factor in a second running back, especially with Javante Williams. He is coming off that ACL injury. So I think you look at that. I think there's better options. I, Devin A-Chain situation, I'm not a huge fan of it, at least at, for the time being. We might be able to circle back a year from now, and it might clear up a little bit more. He might have more leeway in this running back room. But as of right now, it's too crowded. I, I just don't trust him for this season. He's one of my avoids. So I'm kind of going completely you know, perpendicular to what you are saying. Um, I hear what you're saying with him being electric. I know the talent is there. But I think that this season – I'm tempering expectations and avoiding him this season. I, I, I think you make some great points. I really do. Um, I think at that price, it's doable for me. But the guys, that, the running backs that you mentioned, I kind of kind of like them a little bit more. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, I, I like kind of. 
Rashad Penny is one that sticks out to me. I think he can get yeah. eight touchdowns pretty easily if he's healthy, you know, and that's solid, especially if you're starting him as an RB2 or a flex. Like, I'm okay with that. I don't think there's a world where I see Devin A. Jane scoring eight total touchdowns. I think he'd be more in like the five, six range. That's just yeah. me because you have so much other talent on that offense, too. And I expect Tua to be pretty good as long as he's healthy. So we'll see how it goes. It could change. But for the time being, right now, I don't like that price. If it drops, I might be in. Because yeah, the only yeah, the only what... thing would be you know if Demon Achen is like truly truly special, right? Yeah. That's like really really what it comes down to. Like if he's truly truly special, like that that's that's what it really comes down to at the end of the day. Like is he going to mm-hmm. be that guy? But we'll see. I mean, the other guys are healthy right now. We'll yeah. see if that changes. That, everyone's right. healthy right now. That's the thing. <laughs> project when everyone's healthy. Yeah. We'll Tyreek Hill, we're both in on him in the first round. I would say so, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Waddle, uh, wide receiver 11 in the second round. Uh, we good with that, right? Um, I think uh, now this is after Amon Ra and after Garrett Wilson. Those two off the board is Jalen Waddle solid for you in, in, at the end of the He's, second? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, Chris Olave is right there. I kind of like him. Mm. T. Higgins is floating around there, too. I kind of like him. I, I think if I had to pick between the three of them, if I'm ranking, let's say, Chris Olave, if we're sitting there, Amara and Garrett Wilson are off the board. We go by this ADP here, and we're choosing between Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave, and T. Higgins. I think I'd go Chris Olave, then Jalen Waddle, then T. Higgins. I think that's I how it. I would go. Is that Do you agree? Because uh, I, feel like- I think, I think Jalen Waddle and Chris Olave are in, a, in the same tier for me. I think I lean mm-hmm. Waddle by a hair. All right, that's I fair. I mean, I, I get it. Jalen Waddle is very explosive, and he has better chance to be a big play threat. I think if you're looking for PPR, um, you know, just consistency week to week, Chris Olave is going to give you that. But Jalen yeah, Waddle does think, have it. Think, he does have the upside. Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting because like Derek Carr going to New Orleans, you know, this is great for Chris Olave because we just saw yeah. Devontae Adams like have a huge year with Derek Carr. So that's what mm-hmm. you really want to see, right? Like, will the alpha eat? And in this case, I think. Olave is turning into that alpha, and yeah. that's, that's really good news. And I Derek think he's, he's a low-end wide receiver one as well. I do. Yeah, so Derek Carr can now live up to that name I gave him, the sidecar. So before it was Love just it. to sidecar Devonta Adams, help him produce. Now it's Chris Olave. But I think Derek Carr, as much crap as we give Derek Carr, is going to be the best quarterback that Chris Olave has played with in his career. Obviously, very short career, but I think that he's going to be the best quarterback for him especially right now. He's on a four-year contract, so if things go well this season, we might see two or three more really solid years, You know, maybe potentially top 10 seasons pretty easily with Chris Olave if things work out um, because I think Chris Olave is going to kind of just like beat everybody else out on that Ravens receipt. Not Ravens, Saints receiving course. Sorry, I started with the letter R. 100%. I messed it up, but that's my there's bad. No doubt, there's, there's, no, there's no doubt about that. Uh, talk to me about Tua, though. You know, a, a lot of talk about concussions and him potentially – uh, getting another one, <laughs> yeah. but how are you looking at him right now? Uh, quarterback eleven. I'm sorry, quarterback twelve at the eight nine turn. Um, you know he's solid. You know, does he have enough upside? Like, do you think when we pick a quarterback at that spot at the eight nine turn, there should be room for upside? What are your thoughts about Tua? Yeah, I love Tua, and obviously it's easy to be scared away by his injuries, you know, and I, I'm the same way. I get it. You know, we know that there's obvious health health concerns, but it's just pretend that they don't exist for just a minute. Let's say he stays healthy. He doesn't miss more than three games. In 12 games that he started in 2022 and finished, he had as many passing touchdowns as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert, who both started 17 games. That's 25 touchdowns. 
he had more 300-yard passing games than Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers, who both started 17 games last season. He had as many 300-yard games passing as Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, and Geno Smith. And he had the most touchdowns of 40-plus yards and 50-plus yards in the NFL in 12 games, eight for 40-plus, five for 50-plus, respectively. You know what I'm saying? In 12 games. This guy has ridiculous upside. He just has to stay healthy. The track team they built around him is fantastic for him. We know who Tyreek Hill is. We know who Jalen Waddell is. If Tua stays healthy, he has top five upside. That's one hill that I'm going to die on this season for fantasy football because Tua, he was electric. He had that six touchdown game, obviously. That was a big game for him, but he has that capability to throw that many touchdowns. Not not six touchdowns, but we've seen, there was no question now about whether he can throw the ball and get the ball where it needs to be with, with these receivers. Um, if Tua was on a different offense, we'd be having a different conversation. But he's on the Dolphins offense, which is one of the most explosive. He has Mike McDaniel calling plays. I think that, I mean, he's my target for the post that we put together. Like, I'm targeting Tua 100% as a QB1. He's a boom-bust QB1 because of his injury. But if he stays healthy, you're going to be set. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he'll be able he'll he's learning to protect himself a little bit more. Um you know, we, we don't see like quarterbacks getting concussed all the time, right? Like it's, right. it happens and then it gets it gets kind of glorified and, you know, we kind of, you know, it, it becomes a big deal. Um, and obviously it was Tua, a big deal. It was, it, yeah. No, I mean, what I'm saying is that it becomes a big deal and an assumption that like just quarterbacks get concussed super easily. And I don't really think right. that's the case. Uh, I think, you know, for Tua, it sucked last year and it was a concern. Uh, but I think moving forward, I think, you know, I don't, I don't think we should be assuming that he's just going to continue to get concussions. I mean, he, the dude was like knocked back really hard on the ground. It's not like it was like in the like he just got hit a little bit and he got a concussion. Like he got, yeah. dude, he got rocked multiple times. So hopefully he'll be able to learn how to fall better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe take some right. jiu-jitsu classes and you know, he'll learn how to like fall like properly without hitting his head on the ground. Hopefully that's the case. But. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not looking at that personally as a huge concern um, for dynasty or for redraft. Right. I think the no. nature of the injuries, obviously what we saw on field, the first time he had trouble walking, the second time his yeah. fingers were all crossed yeah. up and all that. It, yeah. That's pretty graphic. You know, that's going to stick in your head and make you think, okay, concussions, man, yeah. this is bad. But we see quarterbacks get concussed all the other time that don't have any of those symptoms. They're just a little wobbly coming off the field. They're fine. You know, they come back two weeks later perfectly healthy that kind of thing you don't really hear about it much after that so i think that's definitely playing into it i wouldn't bet that a guy as young as Tua. now it would be one thing if Tua was like 34 you know you think okay yeah. maybe he's going to retire but i i don't know his exact age i think he, he's got to be like 25 or 26 he's yeah. going to be fine I, I think that as long as he like you said he learns to take care of himself a little bit better and obviously i don't want to say that we should just be blowing off these things you know concussions are a big deal health that kind of thing obviously player health comes first but I think he's going to be fine. And if he does stay healthy, which I'm thinking that he can, you know, I think he has fantastic upside for you. All right, let's talk Patriots. Um, it's worth noting that Bill Bill O'Brien, a real offensive coordinator, and I'm going to say good offensive coordinator, is replacing a defensive coordinator who was calling offensive plays last year. So no this sense. is quite the upgrade <laughs> for me. All right, I know the yeah. Patriots offense was extremely unattractive last year and the weapons – and the receiving game, you know, still don't seem too great. But in terms of play calling and design, I think it's going to be way better. I think Matt Jones can actually have a bit of a Daniel Jones type resurgence, potentially, mm-hmm. in terms of him looking like a decent NFL quarterback. Uh, zero go. rushing ability, obviously. 
Uh, but in terms of him being an NFL quarterback, I can see it. Okay, they sabotaged him last year, you know, and I don't know why, but that's how I see it. Um, yeah. They got Juju, Devontae Parker, last year's second-round pick, Tyquan Thornton, who, by the way, if you're going to do a lot of best ball drafts, and, uh, you know, like I think you have to continue to throw darts at Tyquan Thornton, you know, at a certain yeah. percentage because of the fact that he was drafted high. Uh, but curious to hear your thoughts, man. I mean, Juju is going off the board as the wide receiver 50 in the ninth round. Um, is he worth it as the clear number one target or are you staying clear? I think that he can be at, at wide receiver 50. I, I mean, I look at Jacoby yeah, Myers 50 in the ninth round. I look at Jacoby Myers last season, who was like hardly being drafted and he finished very, very high for where he was being drafted. And he was actually yeah. solid many weeks in a row. I loved having him in my flex. I was telling people to draft him to put in their flex. I loved having him in my flex. He did really well. Obviously that lateral, it has nothing to do with fantasy football. It was just a bad play for him. It's not going to affect him, obviously, long-term. But I look at Juju Smith-Schuster in that role with an offensive coordinator, like you said, who's actually called plays before. I don't think that's a bad price at all. I think that he can easily outperform that. He, he should finish. I, I mean, he could probably be a wide... Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Like, probably wide receiver three. Right? Yeah, I, th- I think that's a safe bet. And there could be upside, too, depending on how... If Mac Jones takes a step, we'll have to see... If, Step forward, we'll have to see. Um, obviously, that's not going to come in the run game. So it would have to be in the passing game, and that would be Juju Smith-Schuster catching those passes. So I, I think that you look at that and the, what we just laid out, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's, he's a good receiver. He's not bad. He, he's solid. So I think at wide receiver 50, there's little risk there for him to bust on that price. You should be just fine. You can scoop him up late and have yourself a solid wide receiver three. Flex play. I think Juju would be an ideal flex, like I said, mm-hmm. with Jacoby Myers last season. He was a nice flex. I think he's going to give you the same type of value, and I don't have a problem with wide receiver 50. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I do either. Um, I think it's worth noting who they have at tight end. Hunter Henry, Mike Gusecki, these two guys are very capable pass catchers, and it's possible we see these two guys as primary options in the receiving game. Remember, Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, their years as a duo, came with Bill O'Brien as the play caller. Uh, And these are two established tight ends, and I can see some production here. You know, Gusecki going off the board as a tight end 24 in the 17th round, uh, undrafted in in most uh, home leagues. Hunter Henry, he's being undrafted as a tight end 34. So these are two sneaky tight end punt options here. Like if I had to choose one, it would probably be Gusecki um, because he's more of a you know wide receiver than Hunter Henry, but Hunter Henry is a good receiver too. So um, right. know, something to look, look out for here, just in case you're punting the position and you're like late in your draft and you need to like kind of grab a couple of random tight ends. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I I think the the backfield though is relatively straightforward to me. Um, you know, yeah. it's Ramondre Stevenson to show like they signed James Robinson. I think he's more of a depth guy who might get a few carries per game. And if you remember, you know, Ty Montgomery was supposed to have the third down role coming in last year. Um, and former Patriots running back coach said that he thinks Montgomery could have that role once again this year. Uh, he's still on the roster, but man, like when was the last time Montgomery was able to stay healthy, dude? And, and I can't, I can't imagine myself like fading Stevenson because of that. You know what I'm no. saying? Like, <laughs> you know, and I just posted on the upper hand fantasy Instagram account on why I think Ramondre uh, is a no-brainer running back this year, running back one this year, and we should draft him as such. And I get that Belichick historically doesn't use one back, but he did last year. You know, mm-hmm. he, he didn't go through his entire depth chart with Damian Harris banged up. There was still other running backs there. Um, but 
he went with Ramondre like as his bell cow, which we haven't seen at all, you know, in, with this with the Patriots. You know what I'm saying? So like, right? You know, we have a good history of Bill O'Brien though, trusting one back. So that that's good news for Ramondre. So yeah. if they if they were willing to do it without Bill O'Brien last year, I think with with Bill O'Brien this year, I think it could happen. Yeah, I'm not worried about Ty Montgomery at all. I mean, the last time he was fantasy <laughs> relevant, I remember I had him on my fantasy team. He was with the Packers, and he was actually doing really well in the receiving game. But I'm not worried about before him. he got hurt. Yeah, I remember that. That was before he got that. hurt. But I had him, and that those and he was good killing days. it. Yeah, no, I picked him up off the waivers. I remember that. That that was one of my like core fantasy memories. You know what I'm saying? Because that was like my first year I played. I had no idea how waivers worked. I was just picking it up, and I had Ty Montgomery. He did really well for me. Um, but that's there was a year. Different. There was a year that Ty Montgomery after that season that what you're talking about, dude. He was a like a like a he was an early pick, dude. Like yeah, he was an early pick, and I think I'm, I had to look it up now because this is going to be driving me crazy. So, <laughs> um, so I'm looking at his um his career, and it was in, I think it was, 2017. Yeah, I think it was 2017 where he was 24 years old. Uh, in five games started, he had three touchdowns. He had 23 catches. So, like, he was on his way to doing some big things. I wonder what his ADP was in 20, 2017. Let's let's see if I can find it real quick. <laughs> 2017 ADP. Let's see. Just curious. Because, dude, I, I could not believe that he was being drafted so high. And I remember me drafting him like an idiot but it ended up working out until he got hurt yeah he was he was the 42nd player off the board that year which is insane which is like third third fourth round unbelievable can you imagine drafting time Montgomery in third fourth round <laughs> hilarious hilarious all right that's gonna do it for this podcast again uh it helps us so much if you guys can just subscribe or hit follow on your podcast at firstly Secondly, rate and review. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. Again, two episodes a week for the rest of the offseason, five episodes a week in season. Uh, we're back next week to go over the NFC and AFC North division. The upcoming season long draft kick, it's up here on patreon.com slash upper hand fantasy. See all the podcast description. Appreciate you guys. See you next week. Later. Later.